by Muskoka for Muskoka. Your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental. Keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching ships roll in And I'll watch them roll away I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of What's in Your Wheelhouse in Muskoka Magazine. We are here talking with unique local artisans and artists about their crafts, hobbies, and passions. We are also learning about how they became who they are today. Not sure if you know, but we have an abundance of talent here in Muskoka. Today we all share one we will share one story with you. My name is Bart, and I'm here with my co-captains, Heather and JP from the shipyard. Say hello to the audience, guys. Hey, everybody. Hi there. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Bad. Heather and I partook in a late dip about an hour ago, yeah. so we're all refreshed. That's perfect and guess for what? Such a hot day. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Song came on when we pulled into the parking lot. Our song. Our song, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Amazing, eh? Yeah. I just want to remind everyone that this broadcast is coming to you from the Bay Satellite Studio at the wonderful Sada City Brewery in Gravenhurst. I'd like to introduce our guests for today, Teresa Bucher and her husband, Barry. They are the newest addition to the Shipyards family. Teresa is a local indigenous artist who goes by the name of Diligent Harvester. She is involved with Muskoka, Muskoka Indigenous Friendship Center. Along with her husband, Barry, they are also founders of the Free Stuff for Daily, an organization that touches and supports the local community in many great ways. The business was named an essential service by the province during the pandemic. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Hi. Barry. Hi. So right out of the dock, we would like to ask our first question. What's in your wheelhouse? What's in my wheelhouse? Uh, my wheelhouse contains the community, the people, uh, the the people that most would overlook, um, tossed to the side, might even be considered the lepers of society. Those uh, uh, those that have had struggles, uh, mental health issues, maybe drug related issues, alcohol abuse. Uh, a wide variety of things, but uh, the people, looking after them and bringing them back to show them an empowerment towards a hope and a future. Truly an essential service, really, especially through a pandemic, which it became very apparent. Um, very apparent. Yes. It's such a noble cause that you're uh, running here. Um, how did this come about? Well, the Free Stuff for Daily Needs Ministry came about... Uh, almost 25 years ago, just by my husband and I were doing uh, painting and general maintenance at the time, and a lot of uh, the, our senior customers would be asking us to do clean-outs and take things to the dump, and we just started asking them, could we take those items and repurpose them and give them away to people in need in the community? And that's how it started. Other people heard what we were doing, and we are now at a spot where we actually service over 9,000 individuals in Muskoka every year. That's wow. amazing. Wow. And, and Barry, what's your role in uh, all this? 
I do all the I do all the heavy lifting. I think, <laughs> um, but most people are two to three paychecks away for calling us because um, people are struggling big time. Yes, and uh, um, we would help anybody out, whether they've been burnt out or they've lost their jobs. We'll help anybody out. We don't care. We just want to show them love. Excellent. It's very generous. Yeah, and and important, right? Yes. Because to have 9,000, that means there's a real need for it. And I have personal lived experience, um, both as a, um, a survivor of childhood sexual and physical assault and as an adult. I've been homeless. I've lived on the streets. I've been a single parent. I've lived in low-income housing. I... I know those struggles. So people, when they come to us, they don't they don't have to tell us their story. They just have to tell us what they need, and we'll help them. You have that personal connection, uh, and you understand the people that come to you. Then. Yes. And uh, do these people seek you out, or are there any other organizations that you they go to that connects them with you? Well, we've been around for almost 25 years, so some people do just naturally seek us out, but uh, the District of Muskoka regularly sends us people. Christine's Place, uh, which is a pregnancy support center, will send us people. The Salvation Army sends us people. Habitat for Humanity sends us people. So the word's gotten out there. Excellent. Yeah, that's that's amazing, right? Um, but uh, now, what is so that's free stuff for daily needs. Yes, and that and your founders of that organization, yes. right? Um, and what about the um, other community pieces that you do? The Muskoka Indigenous Friendship Center is also very near and dear to my heart. In 2018, I noticed that through our free stuff for daily needs that there was a real lack of services and connection with the urban indigenous people in Muskoka. Mm-hmm. And I being Métis, I knew I knew that struggle as well and I needed the personal connection and um I just started asking what if we started gathering? What if we started looking at helping ourselves, healing ourselves, finding our own resources and always you know instead of always looking elsewhere for the help um just collectively coming together as a community so uh, we started in 2018 we've been meeting every tuesday since in gravenhurst but we've now expanded to five locations where we offer uh, workshops and and uh, cultural programming and supports so we now are in sundridge huntsville bracebridge ride and gravenhurst Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like such a huge undertaking. Um, do you get any support from the community? Or is it just uh, a two-man operation here? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a board of um, a board of six at this point. And uh, we do get, have some community supporters. So uh, we've gotten grants and support from the Anglican Church in Gravenhurst, the Anglican Church Foundation of Canada. Uh, a lexicon energy has uh, given us uh, support uh, the district of Muskoka the community enhancement fund the town of Bracebridge has given us a community grant uh, the um, free locations in the Bracebridge library the Huntsville library and the ride community center as well as the Anglican church in Gravenhurst 
So you're getting you're getting the awareness and the support that you need to make this successful for the people that you're helping. Oh yes, there's over 2600 urban indigenous people in Muskoka. Really? Really. Wow. I didn't know that. No, that, that's yeah. Those kind of numbers that we're not usually privy to, right? And that was just according to the 2021 census and that's only based on those who are self-identifying. But as we come out and we build that community trust, more people are coming forward and admitting they actually are indigenous because so much shame has been put on our families for the last hundred and some years that it's it's taking a lot to come forward. Like even myself grew up with the with the beatings and you know why would you tell anyone you're a native why would you tell anyone the only good ones are dead ones you know it's a lot it's a lot to go through um so i know i'm not the only one and our mandate is to help improve the quality of life for those urban indigenous first nations metis and inuit people that reside in muskoka excellent excellent for sure um so that's a huge undertaking all on its own but when you and I met it was under a different circumstance because we uh, I first approached you because I seen you as an indigenous artist and didn't realize there was a much bigger story behind that so when did you when did you um, start doing passion pieces of your own well, that all came about. I've, I've been doing passion pieces all through my life, but in particular, I would say in the last five years, I've really focused on it. A lot of that has been for my own mental health issues, um, to sit down and bead. And some of the beading I do is literally one bead at a time. But I find something very relaxing about that and peaceful. So after a busy day of helping the community... It's my chance to pull back and recoup and recharge. Well, it's certainly beautiful work because Mm -hmm. um, that's why I stopped. (laughs) 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 This is fantastic. Yeah, and I know that there's a lot of um, patience and, uh, you know, that goes into that type of work, right? It's really, it comes from a passionate place for sure. Oh, yeah, like like a three and a half inch, um, a three inch beaded dream catcher that will take seven and a half hours to make on average and that's not counting the time that goes into actually making a pattern excellent sorry guys we have to take a quick break we've been talking to uh, muskoka superstar Teresa and her husband barry uh also known the diligent harvester i'm bart with jp and heather here and you're listening to what's in your wheelhouse by muskoka for muskoka your collection of muskoka based talk shows muskoka magazine the bay 88.7 brought to you by dairy lane dental keeping muskoka smiling for over 30 years visit dairylanedental.com sitting in the morning sun i'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching ships roll in And I watch them roll away again I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time Welcome back to What's in Your Wheelhouse. I'm Bart with Heather and JP beside me And we are talking to Teresa Bucher and her husband Barry Okay, so Teresa, um, I've always been curious about the name Diligent Harvester. Um, how did this come about? 
And uh, is this a name that was given to you, or is it a chosen name? Well, many in the indigenous culture will receive a, a spiritual name, and uh, this is this is mine, given to me by my father. But it actually breaks down in as to Wiseka Gudakwe Awenishisigna non Chipikajayakwe, which means a Métis woman who then gathers or collects it up, oh. or simply diligent harvester. There you go. Right. <laughs> and how, how old were you when he gave you that name? Oh, it, I got that at birth. At birth. At birth. And and as I have researched my Métis family heritage, uh, which includes ancestors of um, Saltu, Abenaki, Algonquin, Huron, and Mi'kmaq, I found out that my fourth great-grandmother was called Guardian Angel of the River, and she was also the local humanitarian in her community. She was the medicine woman, the pipe carrier, the midwife. Uh, she actually lived to 106 and delivered her last baby six months before she died. Wow. Uh, she would literally make um, make her own clothes and wear about 10 dresses at any time. So if out on her journey to check on her community, if somebody was in need, she would literally take a dress off and hand it to them. She taught people how to fix their birch bark canoes, how to hunt, how to fish. She would raise the wild turkeys and slaughter them in the fall and pass wow. them out to the large families that were hungry. So I, I think I come by what I do, honestly. Yes. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's in the blood. <laughs> that, that giving spirit is in you. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so uh, we know that you have, uh, you know, roots, uh, uh, indigenous roots. How about you, Barry? Uh, is there any indigenous roots? Not that I know of. We've, we've looked into it, mm -hmm. and we thought there was uh, um, indigenous in, in me, but uh, we, we can't find it. But he does have several ancestors who came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> I, I say that I'm a Heinz 57. <laughs> and obviously you have that giving spirit as well. Yeah. You both, you know, gel together so much. Yeah, my uh, grandfather, he'd get uh, a shirt off his back to people or if they needed food, he, he had an acre of garden and uh, if anybody was uh, needed food he would just hand it to them and say here take it um, and there was even my dad was very kind-hearted and wanting to help people out and I guess it it grew in me <laughs> that, <laughs> it got that, passed that down flows through the blood too it, it, yeah. yes <laughs> absolutely right. yeah excellent <laughs> excellent um, so Teresa tell me about what it is that you do as passionate pieces. So I know you do beading, but that's not, you're not limited to that. Although that's probably a large portion of what you do. Beading in particular, yes. Um, I'm also making um, every Child Matters t-shirts and designing buttons and uh, doing leather work. Um, and a few weeks ago, I picked up a road uh, roadkill porcupine oh. <laughs> <laughs> although barry was saying are you sure it's dead how are we going to pick that up and i said we'll simply just go out pick it up by the back foot and put it in the back of the truck <laughs> <laughs> um so we took that to uh to our cultural group on a tuesday and the ladies were well ladies and men there uh it was a very exciting time that there was five people plucking that porcupine oh. 
But uh, those, uh, an, a porcupine will have an average of about 30,000 quills. So now we're going to take some of those quills, and in August we're going to be uh, teaching them how to make um, earrings out of the quills. Later on we'll teach them how to dye the quills, how to do quill wrapping, and a variety of other things as well. Excellent. Um, and the Every Child Matters is um, a, a huge campaign for sure. There's been a lot of um, awareness done. But there's another campaign that you have, which is the Moose Hide campaign. So tell tell us about what that's about, because the, I don't think that's quite got as much coverage. The Moose Hide campaign was started by a daughter and her father out west, and uh, they were um, wanting to bring awareness to the murdered and missing Indigenous women and the violence against the women and the children. And it's a campaign that's aimed actually more at the men, mm-hmm. so that they can wear this little pin of about a one-inch square piece of moose hide, and start the conversation. That someone will say, "You know, what's that? What are you wearing?" Well, it's a piece of moose hide, and they can start the story about, you know, this is how we how we need to reach out and stop the violence, because it's gonna it's gonna take the whole community to stop what's happening. Right. Right. And awareness is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. So um, when I first seen the, the card with the moose hide on it, um, I was immediately drawn into what does this mean? Because, I mean, um, we have some other things that are so predominant because they have so much coverage, you know, like the pink ribbon and, you know, every child matters. And they're all important. But when there's something new, it's not a new story, but it is a new awareness piece for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually helps those of us who are actually survivors of our, our attackers. Mm-hmm. It it helps give us a platform because, you know, yes, the murdered and missing Indigenous women, that's that's huge. Uh, the, the children that have now been making themselves aware all across the country, that's huge. Yes. In fact, my own children could have gone to the residential schools. Mm-hmm. They've closed down just that recently. You know, but um, yeah, the Moose Hide campaign to have a platform for those of us who are survivors. Right, right. We, we helped that gentleman out. Um, he was putting orange ribbons uh, around uh, by the falls in Bracebridge, and we helped him out. And we uh, there was over six thousand ribbons that we put out. Wow! And because of all the children that have died, and. Uh, we, we just wanted to show people that we uh, were there and we understand that they're hurting. Yes. And, and now we've taken those ribbons and we're going to make a quilt. Beautiful. Out, out of all the ribbons and having people to help us make a, a square. That's the big thing. Yes, we don't know what the story on the quilt's going to be yet. We don't know how big it's going to be yet. Because 6,000 ribbons have to be represented on this quilt Mm -hmm. in one way or another. These children are not going to be forgotten. So that's that's a project that you'll see in the next year or two, we hope. It took us a year to even make one square. Because everybody was at a different spot on their healing journey. And wanting to internalize, what do I want to say on the quilt? My quilt square is going to be a jingle dress dancer. 
So she's got an orange dress. She's got little bells all over her. She's going to have orange, well, she does have orange leather moccasins. There's beadwork on there, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> There's going to be some ribbon embroidery with some of the orange ribbons. So that's my square. But uh, I'll save the other squares as uh, as it comes out because uh, some of the people have some very unique stories that they're making as well. Great. And where can, so where can we find you? I mean, there's a multitude of places to find. You. So let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let let's the run off the list. Know. Yeah, let's, let's run look. off the list. Well, <laughs> most recently you can find me down at the shipyards down at the wharf. I uh, just uh, started a, a booth down there on uh, July the 1st. Yeah, on the and, upper deck. And, um, you can also find some of our artwork in at the Nook and Cranny, but that's that's a smaller display because we're actually sharing that with six other local Indigenous artists because mm -hmm. we're trying to boost the community. As well, there is, um, I'm on, um, a member of the Indigenous Artisans Collective of Canada, so I am on a, on a web store called Indigen Artsy. And I also have a shop on the Muskoka Indigenous Friendship Center's website, as well as on Free Stuff for Daily Needs website. Wow, you're all over. <laughs> <laughs> and on Tuesdays, they can find and you. And on Tuesdays, they can find us at the St. James Anglican Church uh, from 1 to 3. And I'll have the soup pot on because Barry and I are there at 9 a.m. chopping and dicing and <laughs> filling, up the, <laughs> filling up the Instant Pot. <laughs> and that's in Gravenhurst, too, and on that's Main in Street, right? Yeah, yeah, that's in Gravenhurst. No. Yeah, on, on Hotch, Hotchkiss and John. Hotchkiss and John. Um, and then the other days of the week, you were in Huntsville, you're in Bracebridge. What, what? And yeah, and then with the free stuff for daily needs too. So yes, it's hard to catch us by phone. Please email either Muskoka Friendship Center at gmail.com or free stuff for daily needs at outlook.com because. There's no point giving you a phone number. I'm not by it. <laughs> <laughs> and a, so, you know, I'm sure listeners have many other questions and we can't possibly pack this any more than what we have at the moment. So um, they can reach out to you by email. Yes. Um, and see you on Tuesdays in Gravenhurst here if they want to reach out uh, that way as well, um, which is great. And so if someone else listening is has that same passion for humanitarian work what advice would you give them listen to their neighbors don't just assume that you know a solution to their problem ask them because you might find out it's as simple as giving them a can opener so they can open that can of apple juice they got from the food bank very good advice. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. And on that note, uh, thank you for sharing your story with us today. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to today's episode. Join us next time for another episode of What's in Your Wheelhouse and Muskoka Magazine. If you missed us, you can listen to a recording of our podcast by going online on muskokaradio.com. We are Muskoka on the Bay, CKAR 88.7 on your FM dial. I watch him roll away again I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time oh.